after we are born again, after we believe in the Word of God, after we believe in Jesus, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1 tells us that. Every believer is given the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it was not like that. Only the prophets had the Holy Spirit, and the rulers had to come to the prophets, and the people had to come to the prophets to find out the will of God, because it was the prophets who had the Holy Spirit. But after the crucifixion and resurrection, from that point on, all believers were given the Holy Spirit of God, who lives in in them. The Holy Spirit lives in you if you believe in Jesus. We see that in several passages of scriptures, but one of them is in 1 Corinthians 3. The Apostle Paul says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? This is nothing to be afraid of. This is a great gift from God. In the early 1900s, there was a church group called Holy Rollers. They would say the Spirit of God came upon them and then they would roll on the floor. That is not the Spirit of God. I was in a church service one time because I was looking for a church to attend at that time and I went to a non-denominational church one Sunday morning the pastor was teaching the Sunday school lesson when all of a sudden this woman jumped up and threw her hands in the air and said, Praise God, praise God. And she jumped out of her seat and ran all around the assembly room. And people laughed and the pastor laughed. They thought that was the Holy Spirit. I was horrified. I said to God, I know that was not the Holy Spirit. That was some other kind of spirit in that woman, but not the Holy Spirit. And God gave me a scripture to prove that was not the Holy Spirit. It's in 1 Corinthians 14. It's the last verse of that chapter, verse 40. Let all things be done decently and in order. That woman was out of order. Now, this is the type of woman that Paul would have said, let your women keep silence in the church because she was out of order. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal to each of us the specific will of God when we're trying to decide what to do. That's one of the main workings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us and communicates with us by bringing ideas to our mind so that we can know the will of God. And that is told to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 9, Paul is going to quote an Old Testament scripture. And he says, 
But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. You see, in the Old Testament, all of the people did not have the Spirit of God. In the New Testament, all believers have the Spirit of God. Verse 9. So look at verse 9 and 10 together. Verse 9 is what the Old Testament says, but verse 10 is the New Testament promise. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God. Verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. The spirit of God knows them. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God. The Holy Spirit lives in each of us who believe. The Holy Spirit brings to our mind those things that God has prepared for us and those things that are the will of God so that we can know what we are to pursue on this present earth. You can trust God. Oh, I would hate to trust myself. I did that for the early years of my life, pursuing what I wanted. But when I was about 38, God spoke to me by his spirit. He said, Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sin. And I said, ah, sin. I believed God. And I was born again at that moment. Because I believed God. I had exactly the same thing happen to my mother. She was not a Christian. I became a Christian first. I was visiting my mother and opened the cabinet door. There were some horoscope coffee mugs sitting there with horoscope symbols. I had given them to her before I was born again. I found a plastic garbage bag and I started putting the coffee mugs into the garbage bag. My mother was sitting there watching me. She said, what are you doing? I want to keep those. You gave those to me. I want to keep those. I paid no attention at all to what she said. I just kept putting the coffee mugs into the plastic garbage bag. I went to the alley, broke 
the coffee mugs in the dumpster and dropped the garbage bag with the coffee mugs into the dumpster. I went back into the house. Not one word was said between my mother and me. I went to my bedroom and picked up a Bible and brought the Bible back and read Deuteronomy 18, starting at verse 9, to my mother. My mother had always followed horoscopes. She very much liked that type of thing. When I was a child, we would go to the drugstore and she would buy the monthly horoscope book. And most days of the week, she would read the horoscope to me, my horoscope. She liked horoscopes. So I took Deuteronomy 18, which says God has not allowed us to do these things. And I began reading it aloud to her, starting at verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. After I read that, I closed the Bible. Neither one of us said anything. My mother sat there for maybe two seconds, three seconds, thinking about this. And then she said, Well, I guess we'd better not do that anymore. She was born again at that second. Why? She heard the word of God. She thought about it. She agreed with it. That's what being born again is. When it says, if you confess the Lord Jesus, see, she confessed the Lord Jesus when she agreed with the word of God. When she said, well, I guess we better not do that anymore. She was confessing the Lord Jesus. Now, it was the Holy Spirit who reminded me of Deuteronomy 18 when I went to get my Bible to read it to her. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of sin. He's the Spirit of truth. He speaks all truth. When I was a new Christian, God showed me four things the Holy Spirit does for the believer. If you'll look with me, John chapter 14, verse 26, and then we'll read John chapter 16, verse 13. There are four things in those two passages which it says the Holy Spirit does. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. John fourteen twenty six. Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, 
whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. He shall teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything Jesus has said to you. He will remind you, in other words, of Scripture. Now in John chapter 16, verse 13, there are two more things the Holy Spirit does for the believer. Jesus says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The two things in this verse which it says he will do, he will guide us into all truth, one step at a time. Once God said to me, one step at a time, one step at a time, it is enough. So what the Holy Spirit will do is give you that first step by bringing it to your remembrance. Sometimes it'll be a scripture, and sometimes it will be a way to go, a concept, an action. But he gives you that first step. Years ago, it was actually January 10th, 1980, I was asleep in the night, and a very loud trumpet-like voice blew words into my ear. Three words. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed. I said, I found in a directory that KWJS was a radio station. I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. Instantly, the thought came into my mind, which was brought by the Holy Spirit. Call the radio station manager. You see how he guides you into all truth, teaches you all things? I wouldn't know how to do that. He's going to show me how to do it. That's the Holy Spirit because he knows the will of God because he searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God. So that morning, I called the radio station manager at KWJS And I said, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? And the station manager said, make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long and send it to me. And if you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. So as soon as I hung up the phone, I made the audition tape 29 and a half minutes long mailed it that same day to the radio station manager. Within five days, I was broadcasting on radio on KWJS, giving exhortations for the church. I knew it was the will of God because the Holy Spirit was involved showing me what to do by bringing thoughts to my mind. Now, what if they hadn't been the will of God? What if it was another spirit? Well, you can tell the other spirits because they violate the characteristics of the will of God. If it's of God, 
It's easy to be entreated. Pure, simple, not complex. It's easy. Well, it was very easy for me to do that. All I had to do was take my tape recorder, which I already had, and record a tape and send it to the radio station by U.S. mail. I asked God, how do you want to pay for the broadcast? The broadcasts were $800 a month. I had closed my business in order to go into the ministry, but I didn't know what part of ministry, exactly how to go or where to go until that night when the words were spoken into my ear, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. And then I saw I was to go radio. When I closed my business, I sold all the merchandise. Everything was debt-free. And I think I had $22,000 from the merchandise to pay my apartment rent to live on because I had no income. But I had $22,000. So I said to God, how do you want me to pay for this? And immediately in my mind, write a letter to all the people that you know and tell them what happened. He didn't tell me to ask them for money. Just tell them what happened. So I wrote this letter, and I went to the copy place and had it copied. I think I knew, oh, I don't even know if I knew 20 people at that time. But I copied this letter, and I said, last night in the night, God spoke to me as I was sleeping. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I asked God if he was wanting me to go on radio. The Holy Spirit told me to call the radio station manager. I called the radio station manager. He told me to make an audition tape. I sent the audition tape to the radio station manager. And if I fit their broadcasting, they will offer me a contract. That's what I said on the letter. One man hand-carried to my apartment enough money to pay for the first month's broadcast. I didn't ask for money. I just told the story about hearing the three words and God showing me to call the radio station manager. And then I sent the audition tape. I don't think I even told them how much the broadcast were going to cost. But one man brought enough money to pay for the entire month of broadcast. So I went on radio. That's how the Holy Spirit works. I waited six months at my apartment before God chose to speak to me and tell me what to do on that situation. Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you will have power. It's a continual process, a continual process throughout our entire life on this earth. It's not that we pray to hear from the Holy Spirit. We just go through that which we have planned, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks. 
I'll give you another example. In the 1990s, I was playing golf, and I was playing one day with two other women. One was a Church of Christ member, and one was a Methodist. As we were walking down the fairway, the Methodist woman began speaking, and she began complaining about people who judge other people. The Holy Spirit brought these words to my mind, which I chose to speak to her. He said, If you judge that you are judging, aren't you judging? She went, <laughs> It was like she had been filled with hot air, a balloon filled with hot air. And it was like a pen went into the balloon and all the hot air spewed out. She was caught by God. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. All we do is yield of the Holy Spirit. We learn to yield of the Holy Spirit. Another example of the Holy Spirit. A man who was in our church group, he was in his mid-70s, went out into the backyard and he noticed his storage building and he noticed how packed it was with his stuff. And he was standing there thinking about the possibility of building another storage building to store his stuff. To his mind was brought the following ideas, thoughts. Why don't you just get rid of the stuff? He was just stopped dead in his tracks. Why don't I? See, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He shows you what to do. We will have some idea in our mind, but the will of God is a better way to go. I had that happen in 2020. I was thinking about getting upholstery on my car seats in my old 24-year-old car. And as I stood there thinking about getting the seats rebuilt, they were worn out. As I was thinking about this, I heard from the Holy Spirit, or you could just buy a new car. Well, I was just struck. It's like a lightning bolt struck me because it's a thought I'd never had. And I said, that's right, I could. I could. Because I just sold a house in Texas and the money was in the bank. It would be very easy to buy a new car and pay cash and have money left over. See, God's yoke is easy. Now, if I had had to go in debt to buy a new car, I wouldn't have done it. I would have known that was not the Spirit of God speaking to me because God told me, at, when, as a new Christian, get out of debt and stay out of debt. And for the past 40 years, I haven't had any debt. So if I don't have the money to do it, I don't do it. I moved to Clovis, New Mexico, USA, in 1985 to help my mother my dad had died in 1982 my mother was in her late 70s and I just knew she was going to need some help 
One day we were driving down the street and a car ran into the side of my car, dented it in pretty badly. When I looked into buying a new car, I didn't have the money saved for a new car. I didn't have enough money. So I checked with the auto repair people and had enough money to pay for fixing the car, but I didn't have enough money to buy a car. I didn't even consider going in debt to buy a car. My uncle's wife said, oh, she had the car fixed because her dad gave her that car and she wanted to keep it. And that was a totally wrong reason. I had the car repaired because I didn't have money to buy a new car. After that, I saved money, and when I had enough money, I did buy a, a Mercury, a new car. But I would not go in debt to buy anything because God showed me, as a new Christian, get out of debt and stay out of debt. And that's what I've done because that's what God showed me to do. See how the Holy Spirit works in these things? Often, it's a thing you never thought of doing. You never, ever thought of doing it. And all of a sudden, he brings an idea to your mind. And when he brings it to your mind, and you, you know the Holy Spirit and the way it sounds because you've had so much dealings with the Holy Spirit over the years. Usually, the devil tries to drive you by fear. Oh, you have to do this and you have to do it now. These promotional ads, these advertisements often are filled with fear. If you don't do this now, or this will only be on sale for the next 10 days. See, it's a fear type thing that drives people. But we recognize that. And we don't move by fear. When it is the Holy Spirit leading us, it's usually a gentle voice. Now, there is a scripture where it says in Matthew, I think it's chapter 4. Let me look it up. In this account, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. But in one of the accounts, it says the Spirit driveth Jesus into the wilderness. I noticed that the other night. But in this account, it says Jesus was led up by, of the Spirit into the wilderness. That must be in Mark where it says he was driven. I, I, I've never had the Holy Spirit drive me. Usually when it's a force like that, it's devils driving you. But it's, it's always been a gentle voice giving me an option or showing me the way to go. Let's look at that Mark situation. But I know it said he drove them because I've just many times said it's the devil that drives you. But I certainly want to speak this correctly. But this scripture in Matthew is saying, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit. Now that's the way 
I've been led by the Spirit. But Holy Spirit could drive you because we have the example in this Bible that the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. Let me find that scripture. It's in Mark chapter 1, start at verse 11. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately, this is verse 12, And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beast. And the angels ministered unto him. It really shocked me the other night when I saw this scripture. Immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness because for years I have taught that the Holy Spirit leads us and the devil drives us. But I corrected myself the second I saw this scripture. All scripture is inspired by God. So, the Spirit of God could drive you to do something. The times the Spirit of God has worked with me, he's led me to do the thing. He's given me an option, usually, that, of something that I've never seen before or thought of. I had my idea on what to do, and he will give me an option by bringing another idea to my mind to give me a choice and that's usually the way the Holy Spirit has worked with me in no way I am I afraid of the Holy Spirit he doesn't really make me do anything and and I can see where drive might be used in this scripture because he might give you an intensity which would cause you to do something. I've always found that God doesn't make me do anything. He gives me a choice and shows me his will. And when I see the will of God, then I choose to go that way. But devils are not like that. They try to put fear into you and make you do something. Anyway, these are the things that I've learned and been taught through the years by God and have for, oh, 45 years diligently followed the Spirit of God. When he would bring an idea to me, I would follow him. I knew it was the Spirit of God speaking because of what it says in James 3.17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. It may be something we've never thought of doing, but it's also peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. One time I had to do some judgment messages on radio back in the 80s. A woman who worked for me said, let me just ask you one question. Is this easy to do? Because I'd also done a lot of teaching on Matthew 11 that we know the will of God because it's easy. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. 
And this woman said to me, when I was having to get on radio and tell of sins that various big-time radio TV ministers had done, she said, is this an easy yoke? And I said to her, it's easier to do it than not to do it. Because God had shown me that Alexander the coppersmith did Paul much harm. And Paul warned them to beware of Alexander the coppersmith. I had to get on radio and warn the church about certain radio and television ministers who were doing wrong things at that time. I could not get a message to those ministers where they would have a chance to repent because when I tried to send a message, their staff intercepted it and destroyed the message. So God just showed me that Alexander the coppersmith had done Paul harm and Paul warned the church by letter about Alexander the coppersmith. Well, the avenue that I had available to me was my radio broadcast from coast to coast. So I presented the message on the radio broadcast. The people heard the radio broadcast and told those ministers the message. It was my only avenue to get the message to the ministers. So I knew God was leading me to do this. There was no doubt in my mind he was leading me. So this woman from my own church group who worked in our office was didn't like it. She didn't like that I was giving these messages on radio. So she said, is it easy to do what you're doing? And I said, well, it's easier to do what I'm doing than not to do it. And so sometimes you run into a situation like that. Well, I've shared quite a few things that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is one of the great gifts of God to the church. I would hate to be on this earth and not be led by God, by the Holy Spirit. I would hate to try to figure out what to do, as I did before I was born again. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.